0: Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die diehard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. Hey, everybody, welcome to We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I am Sunny, and I am so glad you're here for today's episode, which is all about knowing your worth. So this week on the blog, on social, and here on the show, we've been talking about various ways to... um, own our worthiness, own our value, whether it's in relationships, in the workplace. And today's guest, Joanna Lovering, who is the founder of Copper and Rise, which is a consultancy slash styling slash business coaching agency. We are going to learn all about owning our presence and knowing our value in the workplace. So... um, Oh, so many stories to get in, uh, get into as far as uh, enraging conversations with men in the workplace. And so when I put this topic out there, I heard back from a lot of women who said, thank God, because I have had so many strange encounters in the workplace when it comes to negotiating, when it comes to re-upping my contract. How do I talk to people to project confidence without coming across as quote unquote too much. Let's bring in producer Rachel to quickly chat about things. Rachel and I, as you know, by now have a background in news and Rach, I cannot tell you how many times in the editorial meeting, it was always a man and they're not there anymore, but what, you know, you, you, so you're in the editorial meeting, you're with all the reporters, the anchors, Mm -hmm. the producers, executive producers, sometimes your news director and we're pitching ideas, right? So we're coming up with stuff and i came up with something that I thought was pretty damn good. And this man who shall not be named said the shittiest comment. He was like, I I, I think it was like, well, that'd be great if we like didn't do it Yesterday already, like, where did you even get that story from, anyway? Or, like, something. And I was like, First of all, I'm a 28 year old woman, do not talk down to me like I'm an eight year old girl. And I experienced a level of frustration so deep, right? My face went red, my pits just started pouring sweat, and I was like, Say something, say something back. And I couldn't, I couldn't because I was petrified to look like the person that was out of control in the workplace. I know you've had those moments
1: as well. Oh my God, yes, right. Because the the woman is labeled as like the crazy bitch. If Mm -hmm. we go at all, like, to voice our opinion, even if we do it in a really calm manner, it's still like utterly shocking to people. And I just gave up at the end in that meeting because it was so pointless. I would (laughs) be like, I could pitch anything that was brilliant. And then they would completely ignore it. And then two hours later, they would be like, how about we do this? And I'm like, that's what I like i (laughs) just two hours ago, you dumb nut. I could have, we could have done this two hours ago and saved me eight more hours of work trying to fix this freaking rundown. But yeah, trying to catch up
0: right with what you already pitched. It's really frustrating. And I do like, you know, think that we think we are so ahead of where we actually are when it (laughs) comes to matters of women in professional (laughs) settings. Right. You know, I do think, on the surface, we've we've come far. We've been granted new roles and have broken into broken through several glass ceilings, not all yeah. of them. But when you're in the trenches and you're working and I hate to make this a gender discussion, but it is what it is. And if you have a vagina or if you identify as a woman, you know what I'm talking about. There is an element of um, unspoken kind of condescension. Yes. That exists it's then the higher you get. In your position or in the ranks of management, I do think the more you tend to see this. So every time I see a woman in a position of power, even if it's not, she's not doing things the way I would do them, or, you know, I'm not a personal fan of hers. I always give her a pat on the back because getting to that spot, being a female is just a little bit harder. And you know, oh yeah. So like that
1: whole, the lean in book, right? Like take the seat at the table. Don't sit in the back, you know, there's, there's small things we can all do. And what's interesting is this, like, I actually had this conversation about being a woman in broadcasting and in my sports and in the hockey content I do. And the first question was, how do you deal with you know being a woman in this industry or like what are the challenges? And I was like, I actually don't. You're like, can, how long do you have? <laughs> well, I don't leave with that. Like, I don't think of myself as yeah. a woman. I'm just Rachel doing what I love to do, and I'm gonna get it done no matter what. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't subscribe to this. Like, I have to be certain thing or I have all these hurdles I have to jump over. I have hurdles just period because I'm a person trying to grow in what I'm trying to do. Um, so I really don't look at it as like, I'm a woman. Um, which might be right or wrong. I'm sure Joanna has some thoughts on this, our guest of like how we could probably utilize some of it as an asset. Um, But I just sort of like plow in and do whatever I want anyway, which is what I did when we worked in news. It's a beautiful trait of you, Rach. You are the beautiful
0: bulldozer. You just get get in and you get it done. No, I love that. Meanwhile, I'm like, my feelings
1: are hurt. Let's talk about this. (laughs)
0: And I'm like, oh it's okay, I
1: make lamb. It's okay, I make lamb. You remember oh that? I used to say that all the time. They would blow up our rundown like an hour before the show. And I would just be like, you know what? It's okay. I make lamb. I make lamb.
0: Oh my God, Rachel. Like, I'm I'm PTSD sweating all over the place right now. Pits are like, dripping, <laughs> thinking about it. Oh, You're sweating,
1: s- and my anger is rising. I can just I remember. Like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> and
0: I- I would look over, we're going to get to Joanna in like two seconds, but I would look over at Rachel. So a newsroom, we don't have, we don't have doors, right? We sit in a room with walls that are this high, you know, cubicle walls that are this high between us. So you're fully in view of everybody all the time. So I would look over (laughs) at Rachel and be like a little bit scared. And she'd be like, like, like fast typing on her
1: computer. And I'm like, Nobody talked to Rachel for the next two hours. <laughs> I would was get scary. so mad. I definitely mm-hmm. was at my low point with like presence. Let's go. Let's be honest yes. here. At oh that gosh. point at yes. the end of the career, I was like, I was so over it. I was like, I just want to get this done. Don't change my rundown. I would talk back to our boss <laughs> and be like, no. He would be like, what do you <laughs> think, Rachel, what do you think about leading with this? I would go, you know what? Yeah. It really doesn't matter because you're going to change it anyway in five hours when <laughs> someone gets shot on the side of the road. So can I just please get out of this room and start oh, working on the things I can work on? And he would just look at me like dumbfounded that I was like speaking back to him and saying like, no, I'm not answering yeah. your question. Oh, like, I love Why I, are you even asking me? You don't really care what I have to say because you're gonna do whatever you want. So just let me go. Let's <laughs> let, me, let, <laughs> let me
0: live. Oh my God, so much. Okay, <laughs> let's. Alone. Anyway, let's give jo- Joanna. We're, we're coming back on the <laughs> on the back end too. We're gonna do a little catch up. So if you are here for updates on things that have been happening and you listened to last week's solo episode, stick around to the end of this. Let's bring on Joanna Levering, founder of. Copper and Rise
2: presence coach and all around badass chick. (laughs) Joanna, thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And can I just say, I was listening to that whole thing with you and producer Rachel and I'm like, get me in there. Oh (laughs) my God. I have so many stories like get me in there. Damn it. Oh my God. I've had so many experiences just like that. And the thing is, at least for me, yes, it's with men and we're not going to turn this into a gender conversation, but it's also mm. been with women. Really? Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you said that because absolutely. I felt the, the critiques coming
0: in, like, don't make this, I love men. Listen, men are the greatest. I feel like the, <laughs> the benefits we bring, they're the greatest of many Men, men are and fine. In a, They're fun. You know what? And thank God for men in a professional environment because women tend to bring certain emotional characteristics to the table, but it inevitably goes to the gendered discussion when we talk about presence and knowing our worth, because I do think a lot of women in particular have had past experiences where the person in charge happens to be a male. But this, like you said, that was a point very well taken, Joanna. This is not an entirely gendered conversation. But
2: but here's the thing, though. The truth is that there's a lot of science behind the fact that there are are there are things that happen that are more negative to those who identify as female than male women mm. honestly the it's the truth women are more interrupted more often and it's even worse mm. now on zoom and we can talk about that uh, women get passed over for promotions more often there's still pay parity so like even though we're not going to make this a gender discussion, I know, I know the science and the, the, the background still tells us that there are a lot of gender differences.
0: There are, and you know, and, and, oh gosh, we need to do this as a separate topic. There is so much beauty to embrace in the difference between the genders and, you know, right? Like we love that. We love a good, um, you know, like, masculine energy, female energy interaction moment, but go ahead. (laughs) I'm like, get me in there coach. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We just got this comment from Joanna. You're going to die. The person's name is women's rights was a mistake. Patriarchy built the West. We men invent everything except other humans. We men impregnate women. Not all the time. We men fight wars. I can't. Wait, is that real or is that a joke? I don't
1: know.
2: It just is that- <laughs> popped <up when> I-
0: <laughs> this
2: is the beauty oh, of doing a
0: live show. I shouldn't I love have read that. that out loud, but you know, no, no, this fantastic. is what we deal with when when this you is- think we've come this far. Oh,
2: that's on the extreme. Let's be honest. That's on yeah, the extreme. Yeah, um, and I do think things are getting better. I know things are getting better because we're able to have conversations just like this on your amazing live show. But it's happening across the board, especially in the last, I would say year, year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, d- diversity, equity, and inclusion departments at companies are getting more and more robust. And that includes, yes, ethnic diversity, diversity of thought, lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, and gender, of course. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is happening, which I'm happy to say this person in the comments can, <laughs> can go away can go, can GFY. <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry, um, so tell us about Copper and Rise. What's yeah. interesting and why I wanted to bring you on as a guest during Know Your Worth week is that um, you work specifically with people who are looking to fully embody their gifts in the workplace. Can you tell us what Copper and Rise does and what you do individually with your clients, um, you know, from the ground up to kind of get that going?
2: Sure. So Copper and Rise is an executive pre presence coaching firm, executive presence. What the hell is that? Well, my background is in the world of leadership development. I have a master's degree as well as over 10 years experience in corporate and startup settings in frankly, uh, helping leaders stop sucking at being leaders. But then on top of that, I am also a fashion stylist. So I've mashed those two things together. So I help my clients Feel powerful, feel confident, and feel authentic in any room that they're in, whether it's the boardroom or a Zoom room or the room mm-hmm. with your family. You get a lot of bang for your buck with this stuff. So I love it. that's so what executive what, presence is.
0: So what do you what is the most common issue or complaint or reason for reaching out that you hear people um, saying?
2: I hear, I would say there's two main common issues. Number one is that, especially the women that I work with, they don't feel confident, especially in a group setting or a more public Mm -hmm. setting. So they don't feel like they're getting their words out. They can't get a word in edgewise and they just aren't, they aren't showing their leadership potential outwardly. So that's number one. Uh, A second one that I hear quite often is that that I feel stuck. I feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel and I don't know how to get out of my own way. I don't know how to take a step forward or even a step sideways because I'm stuck in some sort of cycle, whether that is the professional cycle or also, quite frankly, a personal one, especially when it comes to wardrobe. You know, you can open up your closet doors and you're like, well, I guess I'll wear the same black pants and black top. Well, I live Mm -hmm. in New York. I live in New York, so everything is black. (laughs) That's good though, I love that look. stuck in a rut, stuck in a rut. So I help empower, in both situations, I help people feel empowered uh, to be their most authentic self, but also be more active, take an active role in the story that they're creating. And
0: you, I should have mentioned this in your intro. I wanted to get to you so quickly, so badly, but briefly tell us the list and the roster of companies you've worked with because this is not Joanna coming up with a curriculum out of thin air and just deciding to do this. I mean, you have had some serious, serious experience. So quickly Thank tell you. us who you've worked with.
2: Sure. I mean, I have worked in leadership development roles at places like, like huge companies like Citigroup, JetBlue, NBC Universal, but also smaller. Startup companies such as Daily Burn, which is a fitness app, uh, and other smaller companies. But Tiffany and Company, I'm like, what am I forgetting? Tiffany and Company, JetBlue, yeah. So really great companies that I learned a lot from. But what's funny is that as I get older and and have more tenure in my professional career, the companies I started working for kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And now. I'm a solo entrepreneur, baby. I don't work for
1: anybody.
0: she says as she circle snaps. Um, Yeah, I I watched your pivot because um, a little backstory, and we can talk about this later, but Joanna and I went to Carnegie Mellon University together, so we have known each other personally for quite some time. But I watched you transition from going from just the styling, which I think is worthy and interesting in its own way, to integrating the executive coaching and the presence work, which I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. Why hasn't someone thought of marrying these two concepts before? Why are we so in why are those two things so intrinsically linked how we present ourselves let's just say in a professional setting and how we end up feeling and performing outwardly
2: well frankly i don't think executive coaches traditional executive coaches put enough emphasis on how people perceive us hmm. now listen you can go to therapy and do all the work you want self-help books whatever on how you feel internally of course of course, I want you to feel confident. Of course, I want you to feel like a badass. But frankly, it almost doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. It's all the other people and all the stakeholders around you don't see that as well. So I think executive presence is the perfect combination of, yes, your leadership skills, but it's also an awareness of how you're how you're presenting yourself to the world, how you're coming off to other people, because we have to think about both dimensions.
0: Yeah, we like to think that, you know, what our work should speak for itself and ultimately it should. Oh, but wouldn't, there that is great, a, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, really be great, Sunny? would be really great? You know what? Yeah. It would be great. But we're not there yet. Got a couple decades to go. Um, <laughs> what, what do you teach people who are looking to find that power because there is a very special feeling of empowerment when you feel like you're presenting as your true self on the outside, married with that concept of your internal talents. So how do you, how do you approach that? Because I know so many people who are wanting to feel empowered in the workplace, but either, you know, the way that they're, like you said, that people are perceiving them isn't matching up, or even the way they perceive themselves when they look in the mirror. So what's some like groundwork you do with people to help them find that style so the inside and the outside match?
2: Well, the first thing I typically do is I throw an assessment at them. Mm. But, we need, but we need to know what ground zero is. And so what I typically do with all of my clients, as well as my cohort, I have a cohort mastermind called the Presence Studio, which I know we'll talk about. But we start with the groundwork, which is what's your communication style? I want to know what your default way of interacting with other people might be. And it doesn't mean that it can't flex. And as a matter of fact, it needs to flex according to your audience. But we will start with an awareness of what your default communication style is, and then we go from there. Uh, I teach everything from, oh my gosh, how to deal with conflict and uh, constructive conversations to how to put together, put, I say, put together outfits. How to how to develop put together outfits so people perceive you as being a put together person. Yeah. So what
0: are are there basics that 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 sort of span for everybody? Tell us some quick
2: basics that can, can help us get dressed quicker and feel good. Oh, well, the basics are, and I have to say that the basics, especially for dressing, and I'm I'm gonna talk about those who identify as female. Because I mostly work with females, so the basics are this: there's three rules, and if you remember anything from this episode of We Got to Talk, it's this. Remember this: the line, the V, and the rule of three. Sunny, say it with me: the line, the, the line, v, v, the V, and the, v, rule, and of the rule of three. Yes, thank okay. you, thank you. You will have me on your shoulder, like little angel or devil, Joanna. The line, the V, and the rule of three. So, in order, in order, for other people to perceive you as put together in terms of the way you look which P.S. by the way, the way you look is 55% of how people perceive you immediately. Not the way you move. Yeah. Not the way you move, not the way you sound, the way you look, which, well, we can talk about that, but I kind of hate that, but that's just the way of the world, right? So 55% of how people perceive you is the way you look. We need the line, the V, and the rule of three. What the hell am I talking about? The line is we need to emphasize the smallest part of our waist, which is our natural waist. If you you go side to side, it's where that crease is in your torso, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we need to do a little tuck, we need a belt, we need a seam, something. The V is a V from either end of your neck pointing down. So that can be either with a pendant necklace, a V-neck, or even a blazer. Oh, I love a blazer. My collection of blazers just Mwah. yes. I mean, yes. it's the
0: one good thing that I kept from my career. Yes, agree. You can and, never throw them away.
2: Yeah, exactly. And this this makes the viewer's eye go all the way down, and then the rule of three. So this is one that I made up. This is where honestly the the science becomes the art. But the rule of three is this: in order to look put together, you need to have three significant items on your body not including shoes.
0: Okay, so we're talking accessories, things that are going on top of the the
2: clothing. So
0: we need a top, a bottom,
2: and something else. A watch is typically not significant enough. So I want something like a statement glasses. I want something like a pendant necklace, a statement, or a scarf, something like that.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Does this apply yep. just out of curiosity too for like casual dressing or is this when we're going into to like have a moment in a boardroom?
2: Well, this applies for all outfits, but you're the one who gets the choice. You're mm. the one who gets to set the intention for the day. So if you say, you know what, I want to feel like a superhero today, then you're going to put on the line, the V and the rule of three, probably with something more structured, like a blazer, maybe something that like makes you feel sleek. Okay, cool. Then the next day, maybe your intention is I want to feel cozy. Well, then you know what, just feel cozy and put on your lounge pants and put on a a cozy sweater and call it a day. You're the one who gets to choose. It's just that you need to know what your choices are. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've done
0: episodes on styling. When I had you on the show last, we focused mainly on style. And I think the barrier to entry for a lot of people, and again, speaking for women or people who identify as women, I think the choices are so vast it's scary to take a chance on a silhouette you're not used to or go to a section of the store you have. not so we're just so scared to dive into new things, which is why we end up in, which is why I at least end up in a rut. So um, this is working with a professional has helped me like, you know, like someone being like, no, no, just trust me. Just try (laughs) it.
2: And you know? the, way, the way that I start with my styling clients, because as you mentioned, Copper and Rise started as a style coaching firm, and then I pivoted during the pandemic because uh, who the hell getting <laughs> dressed? <laughs> like I'm barely getting dressed. So, so I, I expanded my business to more executive presence, but I still have a lot of clients who really just hire me for styling. And the first thing we always do is... We get our asses on Pinterest or on Instagram. Mm. And I want to know what inspires you. And it can be a mishmash of all kinds of inspirational photos from, from cities to rooms in a house to yes, people's outfits. And I will find common threads. Like, mm. hmm, looks like you looks like you like green. Mm-hmm. And then she'll be like, huh. I didn't know I liked green. <laughs> <laughs> Except for these 50 green
0: shirt pictures. Yeah, that's, right. that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot to tell. Pinterest boards.
2: Oh, they them. are so helpful. And the, the point is, in order for you to not feel overwhelmed, because yes, there's a lot of choice, of especially when you're shopping online, right? There's so much choice. So do yourself a, a favor and intentionally build a Pinterest board that will at least narrow the choices a little bit. For instance, on the Pinterest board, I know that I hate bell sleeves, big like big sleeves that come to right a bell here. So, so you just know that that entire part of the Nordstrom website is out for you, (laughs) or whatever. So, the Pinterest board really helps to guide you.
0: I love that. Let's talk about presence. Like I said, I, I get your, by the way, your newsletters are fantastic. So oh, anybody, who's look at, anybody who's looking for just great reading, I'm such a word nerd. I just subject lines on emails. I'm like, Ooh, I need to open this. So you have mastered that my friend, Thank you. Um, you. but getting the update over the past year about your transitioning into incorporating presence coaching just felt like such a natural fit. As we delve into this part of it, I I want you to define how you, how you, what you think I should say, executive presence is. And is this a term that can apply to people at any level in their company?
2: Yes, absolutely. It applies to men, women, every gender, and any level. And I define executive presence as three things. I say it has three pillars. It's how you speak, how you act, and how you look. So it's communication, how you speak, how you act is any way you interact with other people, and how you look is appearance. Mm -hmm. That's what executive presence is and I touch upon each of those three pillars with all of my clients and in my mastermind.
0: So when you're working one-on-one with clients, what are they telling you as they're coming to you and they're wanting to focus more specifically on this executive presence? Is it a desire to move ahead in the company, to feel more heard in a meeting room? What does it look like when they come to work with you?
2: Well, typically people hire me or they join my mastermind when they're in some sort of crux or there's some sort of thing that they want to get, right? Mm -hmm. So that's typically a promotion or they're interviewing at other companies. But it's typically when people just aren't feeling like they have the fire or the oomph within them and they need to learn how to add a little kindling and add a little lighter fluid to the fire. Mm -hmm. So that's why people typically come to me. Yeah.
0: So let's go back to the Sunny of Yore, who was in the editorial meeting, felt spoken down to. Oh. I mean, this is just this is just one example. But there are many women who have had similar experiences where they are ha- they have a desire, not even necessarily to move up in their position, but to feel heard and to feel like they're contributing to the team. But they have a moment where they're sharing what they think is something great for the company and there is that one person or that one force that just immediately creates friction. Give oh.
2: me the 101. Give me the advice on what to do for that person. Oh. oh my gosh. I just want you to know Sunny when you told that story, I have so been there. I have so been and producer Rachel, I know you're listening. I have so been in that position where I have this brilliant effing idea they just continue talking, and then five minutes later, a man says the same exact idea, and you're sitting here, and you're like,
0: eh, "Wait, is I, there an echo? Is there I an echo I, in here, John? Am I, am John, I crazy? shut
2: up, <laughs> Bob, Bob, <laughs> get my, out of my, here! Oh my god, my you bad, really my understand. bad. Man is always Bob. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, the really one on one, the one, the one on one. Here's the thing. I, I wish I had one answer for you. I wish I did. But fact of the matter is that when it comes to psychology, you know this, Sunny, it's always, eh, maybe this, eh, maybe that. So I'm going to give you a few pieces of advice, and then you're the one who gets to choose which one according to the players at play. I don't know these players, all right? Right. right number Number one is at another time, we got to take this person aside. AKA become their best friend, take them to lunch, take them to coffee and explain to them what happened in that meeting. And I have a funny feeling that the vast majority of people did not intend to make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people are not a-holes So, so they sure. Joanna, have you worked in news before? I don't know about uh, that. No, that's (laughs) true. I have. I have not worked in news. When I worked (laughs) in, but yeah,
0: no, they're good. Most are good people.
2: I would say in general, they do. They don't want you to feel that way. They just have a, a. ridiculous lack of awareness. So, making that person your best friend and I and I tell you if you add a little vulnerability into that conversation, you know, my my girl Brené Brown, she always says that vulnerability is the essence of authentic human connection. So, if you add a little bit of vulnerability, saying, you know, I got I got a little upset in there. I got to tell you and I don't think you intended it, but this is how I felt. Someone will connect with you on that mm-hmm. unless they're a complete jerk face. Okay, mm-hmm. now that's, that's one scenario. That's, that's if you think this person would be open to a conversation. Now, I was in a situation years ago where I was in a room of 20 executives at my company, all men, I'm the only woman in the room, only woman in the room. And the head of engineering interrupts me and I just let it go. Oh, yeah. But you can tell, now, see, you know I'm Italian and Oh, a girl, redhead. yes. Okay. My Paisan. I know. Right. Don't <laughs> interrupt an Italian woman. Yes. You got a dish towel across the face. So I am presenting. I have slides and everything. I am standing in front of the room, and this guy interrupts me, and I let it go. He interrupts me again. I let it go again, but I can tell. I'm like, I'm getting flushed as, to, to quote you, Sunny, my pits are starting to really go for it.
0: <laughs> They're fired up.
2: They are firing up. And then he interrupts me a third time and I explode. And I say, oh, I, I literally yell. I'm like, oh, oh are you going to interrupt me again? <laughs> Oh my God. So, so that was not, that was not the way to do it. It right. truly wasn't. What and did he say though? Just quickly. How did oh, he respond? Oh, what did he say? He said nothing. He sat there in silence.
0: Well, he prob like you said, he probably didn't realize what he was or, or, or how he was, being Maybe. perceived by you. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know this guy, no, but no, I, no, the, the startling lack of awareness, I think is important to keep in right. mind that
2: some people just don't know what they sound like when they don't. Right. And so in those situations and one similar to what you had going on in that, in that um, news meeting is something that I like to call interruption armor. I absolutely want every single person listening to this episode to have a three to four word phrase that you can just just think of it in a heartbeat when your blood starts to boil, when the emotions start to bubble up. You have your interruption armor, something like, if I may, or, oh, let me just finish, or uh, I'm speaking. Do you remember the VP debate, right? The VP oh, debate yes. with, with then candidate Harris um, and Mike Pence, and she just kept saying, "Oh, I mean, it was egregious interruptions, but it was just she kept her composure and she kept saying the same interruption armor the entire time. I'm speaking, I'm speaking, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. So you know what? That is so
0: powerful. The simplicity. If I might just talk, yeah. if I might just interrupt yeah. you. No, yeah. the simplicity is beautiful because it also produces the effect of not showing up as the angry woman in the room. It can be easy to lean on our emotions. Yeah, so I'm loving this. This is simple. This is memorized beforehand and it comes across just super chill.
2: And by the way, sidestep, this is what studying and working on executive presence is like. Executive presence is not an ability, right? It's not I have it or I don't. I'm charismatic or I'm not. I'm extroverted or I'm not. That's not what executive presence is. Executive presence is a set of skills that you need to practice that you can put in your toolbox anytime you need them and you bust them out whenever the time is right. And that's what I love about teaching executive presence is that it's just a it, it's a list of skills that anybody can take on. I love that. I love that. And it's like
0: you said it's for people at any level of yes. management or any level of leadership. Um what is your advice? We got this question. I thought it was really interesting on Instagram. It was a woman saying she is looking to find out how to say no essentially without feeling like she is being judged mm-hmm. or that she's being perceived as a woman saying no differently than a man. So what is your advice for someone who is, who, who's having difficulty with that?
2: My friends, I have been in this place so many times because while I am a very strong person, I also am a people pleaser. So it is very hard for me to say no. Here's how you can say no with poison grace and have executive presence. Let us not forget, let us not forget that we need to maintain respect for ourselves as well as for other people. And so saying no, we need to have a mental reframe around who gets the more respect because we need to be equal. So that's number one, mental reframe. Number two is how we can say no is no and. I can't work with you right now And I have an hour tomorrow. Would you like to schedule time with me then? Mm -hmm, So it's mm -hmm. not an abrupt no. It's I really want to work with you. I just can't do it right now or whatever the request is. No and will really help other people see that you're placing boundaries and not being a bitch.
0: You know what? But why can't we be a bitch, Joanna? I want to be a bitch sometimes. (laughs) If men can be, listen. And again, not to overly gender, but if there are people in the workplace, and we we know many people of both genders who've gotten ahead by embodying a a hole or embodying very forward personality. You know, what if we just want to be like that? I guess. Yeah, (laughs) not everybody's like that. Is the short answer
2: well, not everybody's like that. Not everybody wants to be like that. I listen, I I say two things, two things. On one hand, we know that the scales are tipped against us Mm -hmm. as women. So in order for us to play the game, we can't play it exactly the way men do because then we won't be invited back to the game. That is so true.
0: And you know what? May I hop in? We talked about masculine energy, feminine energy and the the beauty and the drawbacks of each. And, and let's talk about leaning into fe- traditionally feminine energy and, and some things that we can use to our benefit. I'm not talking about anything sexually, but the energy of negotiation of collaboration, things we can lean into as a woman that might help us in the workplace that
2: say a man might not embody. Sorry, there's a little bit of a skip. Can you say that one more time? How can yes, we use say that
0: yeah? So, how can we use some of those traditionally feminine qualities, negotiation, collaboration, the things that we tend to be more known for as women to our advantage in a workplace?
2: Absolutely. There I I say this all the time. While I absolutely want my clients who identify as female to feel empowered and to feel like superheroes. And sometimes I even say, what would a man do? Okay. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, I also say there is nothing harder than walking around acting like somebody you're not. And fact of the matter is right. Fact of the matter is we are, or I am female. I have curves. I, I have a vagina. Uh, So I can't act exactly like a man because I am not a man. So how can we use those feminine qualities to our advantage? And that's your question. I would say this. If there is a rapport that you feel, again, it's about knowing your audience. But something that I have done in order to um, assert my feminine energy is to add a tinge, little tinge. Tiny, tiny tinge of sprinkle of jokiness and flirtation, not overly sexual because that's completely inappropriate, but is there a way for you to build lasting relationships with the men in your office by being a little bit more light, light Mm. in area, not to give away your power, but there's a lightness that I think, men can feel more comfortable with so that is something that i have done just a little tinge of like hee 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 jokey but i'm gonna kick (laughs) your ass tomorrow i mean it's true
0: all the women are are nodding they're like yes yes yes, i know that and and this is said without of course crossing any boundaries but there is we do have that ability we have that magic as women to be able to finesse and massage situations i mean we're the peacemakers. We're the creators, you know? So I I love that. I mean, I think that, um, I love leaning into who you are essentially. And if that's, if you have a lightness about you, why not, you know, interact
2: with your truest qualities. And the other way that I think that we as women need to embrace ourselves and our femininity is in the way we dress. Now, I'm not saying we need to dress sexy in the workplace. Absolutely not. But, man, there is a pendulum swinging, okay? And that pendulum on the other side is frumptastic. (laughs) And, And there is no reason for us to not embrace our bodies as beautiful things. So, And science also tells us that we are more distracted and less productive when we're wearing things that don't fit us on either end. Yeah. Whether it's too small or too big, if we're tugging on things, if we're constantly fixing things and feeling uncomfortable, we use a lot more mental and physical energy than you think. And our productivity goes down. So all the more reason to wear items that make us feel good and that fit. Ladies, they need to fit. It needs to yeah. fit. <laughs> what does what does science say about getting dressed late for your interview?
0: Let me show you this and putting forgetting to tuck in your body. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here like shoving this into my pants. I'm like, shoot, I got dressed the wrong way, um, and it's distracting. So proof, so proof. <laughs> Get dressed the right way, and you won't be fiddling with your outfit the entire,
2: entire interview. <laughs> oh, listen! In the COVID world, I will raise my <laughs> hand and say, I'm wearing pajama bottoms right now. Yes. So I love it. Oh my gosh, you know, I've got it. a full face of makeup on, I have a nice sweater on. And pajama bottoms.
0: I love it. What well, This year has taught us, or last year has taught us about balance. Let's do one specific question for yep. our Zoom and remote workers. You, t- you mentioned specifically a few minutes back about owning our presence in a digital sphere yeah. versus an in-person sphere. So for the person who is, you know, who has maybe a presentation coming up digitally or has to show up in this computer square
2: feeling their best, do you have any quick tips and takeaways yep. for them? Yeah, I absolutely do. My biggest, biggest, biggest tip is look into the camera. Now, Sunny, I know, yeah, I know, Sunny, that you have practiced this over the years because of your news experience, but most of us have not. And fact of the matter is, if you were doing this presentation in person, you'd be giving eye contact to all the people in the room. Well, hopefully you would be. And eye contact does a lot of great things for us. It keeps the other people engaged, shows them that we're focused, that we're present. And so in this digital world in this two-dimensional world we actually need to look into the camera in order for the other person to feel like I'm giving you eye contact. Yeah, you have to work a little harder is what you're saying. You do. You do. Yeah. I tell my clients, get yourself listen, this is very low budget. Get yourself a post-it note. I'm not kidding. Post-it note, draw a smiley face on it, put that dang post-it note right next to the camera, right here on your laptop. Oh, I and at that. least yeah. At least you'll look at the post-it note, smiley face. And that's really close to the camera. Instead of looking around, right? If somebody's oh, over it here my turn, Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right? Even you doing
0: that during this interview. I mean, it takes away a feeling of connection, like immediately. Yes,
2: it does. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have, a, oh, I have a great story about a first date. A first date I went on at the beginning of the pandemic. It was a FaceTime date. And it was very clear that this gentleman had had this camera set up just like this, but then he also had a second monitor, which was clearly where I was. So the entire time, the entire date, I'm not kidding, the entire date, he's looking at me over here. Oh, that's the worst. And I don't care. I don't care what he was saying to me. I did not feel connected to this guy. He could have been watching TV over here. I had no idea what he was doing. Did you tell him, were you like, dude, you're looking at me. You're looking far away. I should have. I didn't care enough. Uh, it <laughs> he wasn't has some a, other glaring drawbacks. It he did. Like. He did. So he did not collect $200 past go and get a second date. But um, awesome. eye contact is so important, Sonny. Oh my gosh. So we need to practice looking into the camera. Yeah. Uh, we can also do that by making sure that we lift up our laptops so that our camera is at eye level. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you do that with a pile of books or box. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Sometimes people are like looking down on you. How many Zoom calls where you're like this, right? Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. My chin is ready for you. And I got to tell you, like, this is not my best look. This is just not my best look. We need to have our cameras at eye level. So they're straight on. So you're
0: saying maybe invest in good lighting, put that little, you know what I would do? I would put a little picture of my kid or my pet or something that makes you smile up there. I love that. That's a smile. Great, yeah. simple tip. Yeah. And um, yeah, for anyone with any um, negotiations coming up, this is another question I got. We we yeah. know some people who work in contract-based jobs or who have big meetings with bosses coming up. Um, what is your best tip for someone who knows they're going into a high-pressure negotiating situation where they have, say, a number in mind or mm-hmm. something in mind that they want to ask for, but they're concerned about actually pulling
2: the trigger and asking? What's your advice yes. to you? Ooh. Oh, this is like mm, let me sink my teeth into that. (laughs) I love it. My biggest tip for you is come prepared with an accomplishment journal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, whether you're contract, whether you're freelancer or you're a full time employee looking to get a raise or promotion, come prepared with some sort of bulleted list of the things that you have done that you have accomplished that would incite the other person to say, you know what, I really do value this person. Science actually tells us that it is much easier for our brains to remember the bad stuff than the good stuff. So we will often remember the things that we effed up and so will our boss or so will the client. Hmm. So make sure you prepare yourself with an accomplishment journal, accomplishment log. I tell my clients every week, on Friday, you're going to input one thing into that accomplishment log.
0: Oh, I love that. That way you're yeah. keeping
2: track. There's so many
0: times that I
2: remember, oh, I did something
0: really great. And I remember it three years later. <laughs> and well, I'm what? like, oh, shoot, I could have used that for you know negotiating something or for asking for more money for a new and, project. And
2: there is a cognitive bias that happens. We all know that when we sit down at that very important meeting, whether it's a performance review or whether it's that contract meeting, we know that I and the other person, they're going to remember the things that happened more recently mm-hmm. than the things that happened a year ago or six months ago. It's called the recency effect. It's just our that's how our brains work. So we need a, an accomplishment log or accomplishment journal in order to help us just remember.
0: <laughs> and then do you subscribe to this belief, too, that you always ask for more than what you actually need or want with the expectation that it goes down when we're talking specific numbers. And if so, yes. is there like a formula or like, how do you
2: know what's the number? Oy. The answer is yes. Always ask for more because if you get it, great. And uh, fact of the matter is the, uh, the, the, your boss, the other company, whatever it is, they're going to expect to negotiate. That is a normal thing in North America to do. And I would assume around the world, they're going to expect to negotiate. And there's been a lot of science and there's even books about the fact that women don't ask women don't negotiate because it's yucky. And many of us have been taught by our families of origin or our cultures of origin that we can't be greedy and asking for more money is greedy well, you know what? We got to know our worth as well. You asked me what the formula is. Ugh, that's a really tough one because you have to think back to the other raises that you've received. And you have to know the players at play. So I don't I don't have a formula. I don't have a formula, but at least 10%. At right. least. At right. least. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, wish I, I mean, knowing, have. knowing that the standard increase is two to 3% for, for living uh, expenses. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a given. So then we have to go above that. And I would say 10% and then maybe they'll negotiate you down, but, mm-hmm. oh, can I just throw this out there? There's yes. also a difference between when you ask for money, from the existing company that you're working for versus another company that you're interviewing with. Okay. You can ask for a lot more money when you're interviewing at another company because at least in New York state, they are not allowed to ask you for pay stubs anymore. So I'm not saying that you can trick them. That is not my MO, but they, at your existing company, they have a history of your salary. <laughs> Whereas at another company, they are no longer allowed to ask for a history.
0: I love that. Oh, it's the only way that I ever made more money in TV, by the way,
2: which is completely exactly. leaving a <laughs> I mean, I, like, truly, yeah. sad, but yeah. true. But, but the companies know that as well, by the way, that right. if someone moves up in the ranks and they've been at a company for more than five years or so, they know that they're getting you on the cheap. They, they just are. Yeah. The and that's world. not a gender thing. That's not a gender thing. That's a, that's a, that's just a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's just a thing. Yeah. That's just a business thing. And you know, yeah. I, it's
0: the game, right?
2: Don't, don't the or hate, hate the game. It's just how it yeah. works.
0: Um, I want to quickly, before we wrap, talk about the present studio, upcoming events and how people can connect with you and, and, you know, any and every big thing coming up that you're doing.
2: Awesome. Oh, and I can see producer Rachel is putting up my website. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> WWW Copper and Rise. We can see that the Copper Presence Studio is my 12-week mastermind. It's uh, an incredible, intimate group of women where every week you get brand new content, and we come together as a group to really hash out how the content is applying, how it's you know, how we can apply it, what challenges we have. So that is actually my next cohort is actually kicking off next Thursday. And I have one spot left. One, one, one spot left. Yes. Get on one it, guys. Left. And then, yes, thanks for bringing that up, Rachel. This Friday, I actually have a, um, a webinar at 12 p.m. called Crush Your Mid-Year Review. I know that a lot of us, especially in corporate, are dealing with the annual mid-year review or mid-year check-in right now. And so I want to help you feel really confident and prepared for that conversation. So please, that is a free workshop. Sign up. You can check that out on my website um, under events. And then
0: tell me one great success story you've had recently, Joanna, from someone who's been through one of your programs. Oh,
2: Adrian! Oh, I always think about Adrian. She just finished my my mastermind, my Present Studio mastermind. Adrian negotiated because because of how she felt about the Present Studio and just how confident she was feeling. She wound up negotiating getting the project with the biggest account their company has ever had. It's a household name that I won't say, but a huge household name and a $25,000 oh. raise. Oh my gosh. That's 25. amazing. It started at $10,000. And then once she got that account, she got another fifteen. dollars
0: so just quickly before we let you go what was it she said she took that from that experience was it a, was it a sense of confidence was it a plan was it all of the
2: above it was definitely a sense of confidence and we she and I worked really hard together on her presentation skills mm-hmm. and eliminating filler words while she's presenting As well as incorporating very strategic pauses in order to show confidence. So, yeah. So she and I really worked. She had a major presentation where she was pitching herself to get this new account, and everyone was so impressed by this presentation that she not only landed it, but she got a major raise. Bravo for Adrian and And for you. Yes, Adrian. It was a big one. Very cool.
0: Joanna, yeah. you are like on, I, I I say this and mean this a thousand million percent. I always mean it when I say it, but I I could talk to you for hours. You are dynamic. Oh,
2: we have. And
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, we have we it again, I'm sure, as my top is literally falling off because I pulled it down. Um, I am just grateful for. when you don't have much to show off, there's not much at risk. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> Um, but seriously, you're dynamic, and you're—you have always been a, a very—you've just been a force and just wise beyond your years. So thank, thank you. you.
2: Well, so thank much. you for having me, and I'm so grateful to be on. We got to talk. I was also on your previous podcast as well. I am so proud of you and grateful for you. You are talk about a force, man. Okay. The two of us together, our powers combined. Listen, I'm feeling but- something coming down the pike, Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> Two Italian
0: gals. No, yes. seriously. It's um yeah, we 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 had a really cool group of kids from yeah. Turning Melon. Yeah. So, um
2: well thanks for yeah. having me. Thanks to all your listeners. Check me out on www.copperandrise.com. or copper and on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Insta.
0: Yes. You've got a great, um, IG page oh. as well. All right, we have Joanna, to we'll end catch up because soon.
2: your top, your, your top is coming off. We I have think I ended. fixed it.
0: Did oh, I fix okay. it? This is, this is, wait, if I sit nice and still, I fixed it. This is the <laughs> danger of getting dressed alone. When you have a back, a back tie shirt, I'm just going to sit here completely immobile. <laughs> okay, good. That's great. All
2: right, girl. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye
0: oh that was so fun i have to bring producer rachel back on as i fix
1: my the collar of my shirt um yes she you was were am- not following it- joanna's style rule of wearing oh, wait, clothes that are not complicated or distracting <laughs>
0: uh, you know i'm a mess this is like um very typical for me to like rush on mm-hmm. i get i hop on our little live stream at the last minute and then i'm like oh gosh i forgot to tie my neck um how good was she i mean honestly those Amazing. tips and takeaways That we can immediately start using. I just love everything.
1: I think I wrote down a time code for every single answer to everything she said, and then like multiple ones within the answers. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's better. Oh, no, wait, that's better. Producer Rachel Brains, like, no, no, uh, 34, 29, code 30. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here's Rachel. At any time you see any of us, or either of us, I should say, when we're looking down, Briefly looking down, it's because they said something brilliant, and I'm noting the time code because there's always like, you know, three lanes of the highway going at once here. We got to keep it moving. Um oh, yeah. that was so good. I'm going to try to break this down into a post guys. If you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, be sure to check out slash blog That's the place where we go and kind of distill all of these amazing interviews into blog posts. And um and yeah, yeah. so my big takeaway is um yeah, is lean it? lean into your the gifts of your feminine energy. I love that point that she gave.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I, I really leaned into the like women, we have to play the game differently than men. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, can't blaze in the way I want to and just tell my boss, no, no, <laughs> like, no I, <laughs> I mean, it works in the moment, but moving forward, if you really want to get somewhere, you have to play the game differently than the <sighs> way men do. And that's she okay. That
0: too For everyone listening. I think people are like, Oh no, no, she's gussing this up. No, Rachel would literally sit there and be like, Okay. No. Okay. I was just like, oh my gosh, she's just like firing it off, but we live and learn, you know? And, for anybody, especially how workplaces have changed over the past year. I think it's more essential than ever to really nail down things like our presence and our negotiating style and that list. Oh, this was a brilliant point too the list of accomplishments. Keep your little accomplishment journal, know what your worth is individually so that when you have the opportunity to meet with your superiors or you're in a position where you're asking for more, you have the proof and you say, Hey, looky here. Mm -hmm. So that was, incredible.
1: Oh, and all the tips for Zoom, the box under the computer. If I see one more person on a Zoom meeting without their camera at eye level, if they haven't figured it out in this last 14 months, what have you been doing? Like, what are you doing? Because I shared so many tips as well, like Joanna did, like looking into the camera, because it's so easy to look here, because I'm looking at you, because I want to talk to you, which like Zoom should really figure out a better way to make that Um, happen, because like... I'm so guilty of that, because I'm always looking at my guests, you know, in order to connect, I have to like, see ya, but um, I need to... But yeah, like, looking into the camera, having good lighting, having the box up, and wearing something, it matters. It doesn't matter that you have pajamas on the bottom, but like, it really does matter on Zoom just as much as it does in real life. Like Joanna said, that like, how you appear on camera is all they see. So like, if Mm -hmm. you've got a dark corner and you're in a cave, you're, they're not, they're literally not gonna see you. I mean, like it's a perfect representation of presence in the form of zoom. And it's super easy to just put a light, put a damn lamp in front of your face. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we've all got tools that we can MacGyver to, to make this work. So sit in front of a window. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, it, yeah, it's really simple and you don't need much to show up, Looking your best so that you can feel your best. So what a fun week.
1: I think you need to give us the updates, the wrap, or are you
0: gonna do a solo episode? You know what? I might do a solo episode. episode. So if the short the short version of this is if you listen to last week's solo episode, I I just I've been like a hormone bender. It turns out as you get older, hormones are a total bitch. And um Yeah. I I was so crazy, Rachel. I was like, there is no way that this is anything but pregnancy hormones. So this is so embarrassing. I, my parents were coming over for a dinner and I was, Andrew was out with the kids and I was like, you have mom, you have to stop at CVS and get me a pregnancy test. She was like, what? I was like, "Uh, there's, I'm feeling so like mental right now. It just feels like, of course it was hormones. It's not a baby. So no, no number four, but, um, Yeah, so I'm gonna do a whole solo episode coming up or maybe even bring on a hormone expert talking about the hormonal changes after babies and how they impact your mood. This is something that I feel like many women struggle with, but and and they don't either identify the, the root cause of their anxiety as being hormones. They think it's, you know, generalized anxiety disorder or postpartum. I mean, their hormones are in control of so much more is the long and short of it. So I'm gonna bring someone back on to talk about that because whether you have children or not at this time of life, things are changing. And um I feel grateful that I Asked enough questions to get some answers. So I'm yeah. gonna do a, a whole follow-up episode on that. It's been um, really interesting though. I, I I told Andrew, I was like, I feel like I could just
1: cry at any
0: minute. And he's like, oh my god. He's like, oh god, horrible. Don't watch This Is
1: Us either, by the way, if you're a hormonal woman. True. It's just I heard this quote today and then I will let you wrap this up. Um, It was like, if you've got two kids and you have a third, it's like you're in a fire and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so true. I'm it's like, like, okay, what do I do now? It's like the house is on fire and then someone just says, here's a baby. And now, now survive the fire <laughs> and take care of this child. <laughs> like, good luck with that.
0: It is. It's this whole list of things that really no one talks about. I mean, there's so much content dedicated and rightfully so to motherhood and pregnancy and the discussion now around postpartum things. But there's like a whole other thing after your body goes through this massive change and your mind does and your levels are like this, they're like a DJ booth. You know what I mean? They're going up and down for years and years. When you're finally done, you're like, oh wait, that was a ride. I need to like get things back to level. Um, But I also think
1: something with mother, like motherhood and having children, there is something to be said about, like the less you know the better in certain cases because I think it's true you know if you really really knew what it was like to have you know four kids or three kids you know things would be things would be different you know it's a little bit like you just you just survive the fire you take the baby and you figure out how to get out the window yeah you you just you just that
0: baby out to the dad and you say it's your turn tonight Henny (laughs) go grab the bottle your right.
1: turn. But like, um, if you knew okay. all the things you were getting into, I'm sure it could be a little crazier. So anyway. it's a lot. It's a lot. So we're going to, we're going to find a great hormone
0: expert and talk about this because what is suffering if it's not worth
1: pulling into a greater lesson, right? great You need to experience the pain to experience the joy. <laughs> Oh, you're the best. All right, Rach,
0: thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, we do this whole video thing every Wednesday too. So we take the, I'm sorry, we go live every Wednesday, usually at 10 a.m. Eastern. So please join us. Um, the visuals are always fun, like my top falling off in the middle of a show. Who knew? Facebook.com slash We Gotta Talk is the place to watch, or YouTube.com slash Sunny Plugging in my computer. And please do leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. That actually helps to get this podcast out to people who might find it useful or entertaining or valuable. So please do that, especially in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you guys so, so much. We'll see you next week with more goodness here on We Gotta Talk. Bye bye.